This episode is sponsored by Bigger City. Thank you so much for supporting us and helping our show to grow. Hello and welcome back to the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where we like to talk about the things that are weighing on our minds. My name's Don Marshall. I'm a big chubby guy living here in sunny Hollywood, and today I'm proud to announce that I am not an unindicted Cohen's co-conspirator. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see idiot. about that. <laughs> From those of you listening in the future, that may be a clue as to where we are in time as we record this episode. Oh my goodness. Hi, my name is Dan Oliverio, author, public speaker, and chubby chaser. Um, and today I am also not in jail. <laughs> and I, I, yes, I work, I work hard. I strive daily to stay out of jail. You do a good job at it. Yes, here I am. I'm Trevor Kizan. I'm a super chub, and today I'm a... Um, I guess I'm not in jail. And I'm also a cafe bonbon boy. Yay! <laughs> My name is Michael Willer. I'm a chubby chaser, and we I can't be a cafe bonbon boy, but I am a delicious latte boy. We, were, we ran out of sweetened condensed milk. Yeah, That's we ran I out think. of sweetened condensed milk. But this is a delicious, delicious latte, so thank you, Dan. You are welcome. For providing the caffeine for today's episode. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to this show. <laughs> Well, that wraps up. That's Thanks. Good job, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. All it's, right, all right. All right. right, we'll make an episode. Everybody where... calm down. Everybody calm the fuck we down. We are, you, welcome back to just another goofy get-together of four fat, adjacent or fat people. Mm. That... Second episode of the day always has weird energy. Yeah, 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 but that's why you come back, right? Yeah. <laughs> I blame lunch. Um, we're so wishing everyone a continued happy Fat Liberation Month. Are yeah. you fat? Are you liberated? How are you celebrating? Yeah. Maybe you're having some uh, coffee. Uh, coffee. Maybe you're, um, I don't know, having a nice latte. Um, a latte. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm enjoying Fat Liberation Month. I'm mm -hmm. fat. I'm liberated. And if you're looking for ways to celebrate your Fat yeah. Liberation Month, NAFA has Mike covered. We might we encourage you to take a look at our own website, such as Patreon, yeah, oh, yes. <laughs> to help us spread the good word. Uh, we yes. got lots of silly stuff there. Um, if you missed it last month, uh, there's a Caftan fashion show. Mm -hmm. um, oh, that's maybe my favorite behind the scenes we've done so far. Yes. yes. Yeah. Uh, next week in recording time, not uh, release time, um, Dan and I are going to a part pool party that the Plus Bus in LA oh, is yeah. um, So we'll have a recap about that for next week's That's episode. Right. Um, that was I my bus excited. sound effect. <laughs> I'm very excited. I'm going to be dancing. I'm going to be in my swimsuit. Royal Rubbish is going to be selling caftans there. Oh. Did you um, say what Plus Bus was? Plus Bus is um, an LA-based consignment shop that primarily caters to uh, fat women and femmes, um, but it's resale, fashionable, plus-size clothing. Yeah. And uh, and this who, who is a pool. It? And this is a pool party. It's a pool party, <laughs> but it also it sounds like they have a, at least a couple vendors. Yeah, there. vendors. There's going to be um, as I think like a, a poolside fashion show that maybe I'll just yeah you know, they'll just, just run in there it. and crash it. <laughs> just get in that fashion. Show. Um, no, I think there's going to be some uh, water aerobics at one point, like nice. a little class of like here's some seriously water movement. Yeah, there's okay. a lot of stuff. It's a whole okay. thing. It's a whole program. And you missed it, <laughs> listener. <laughs> yeah, by this point in time of you hearing oh, this, no. it will have been done. I don't know Sorry. why I'm picturing a, a fat like a synchronized swimming team through this whole thing. I think it would be kind of fun. I'd watch that. Yeah. I do watch that in my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's how you got board certified. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. Check us out on Patreon. Uh, yeah. Liberate yourself while fat. Thank and you. Can I just say 
th- like we, we always say thank you to the patrons, mm-hmm. but seriously, it's been well over a year at this point of people supporting us on Patreon, and that's fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Like, that is really the dedication yeah. that you guys have shown us to keep the show going, really. Thank you. It's like they, and keep, they keep not leaving, they, <laughs> <laughs> which is fantastic. Uh, Michael, hold up your wrist to the microphone and move oh, it around yeah. so hold people on. can hear Wait, that. You yeah, hear see, that? That's, that's a, that's a, a healthy wrist. <laughs> I am improving, actually. So, like, it, we're getting there. I can now edit a show without any real discomfort. It's, it's more a matter of extended time. So if I mm-hmm. am using a mouse for eight hours a day, that becomes a problem. But we're, we're getting there, um, and we have been able to hire an editing service to support the, you know, to do the online episodes that we record, the Riverside episodes. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it's all good stuff. Yay. Yay. Just take us into popcorn. All right. Well, oh, God, God yes. Back. I'm really feeling it with the my cafe yeah. bonbon. <laughs> cafe, the sugar. <laughs> Next time we do a live event, we have to bring top hats and actually. I would be. I yeah. would do that. I would oh, absolutely. Oh yeah, that. I'm feeling that. Woo! He's <laughs> oh, got a big like first <laughs> sugar in my veins. Sugar and <laughs> caffeine. Go boy, go. Pupils dilating. Uh, we are um, talking about. Fat video games. That's Michael, right. Michael, set this up because you're the one that shared fat characters. Um, fat representation in video games. Specifically, uh, there's an article in Polygon, which any of you gamers out there probably are familiar with. It's Polygon. a really good article. Yeah. It's a great article written by Todd Harper, who I, I, wasn't, I didn't find a full biography, but I believe is a fat g- queer man, fat gay man. We'll, we'll um, just throw a question mark on that because we're not 100% sure. Not totally sure. Um, the point is, there's a game called Diablo 4, uh, which lets you create different characters, but they're sort of preset in terms of what they look like. So the game is presenting to you character archetypes, yeah. and then you can sort of choose, you know, male presenting, female presenting, blah, blah, blah. And the makers of the game did not include a wide variety of body types for all classes. Some of them are larger bodies. Well, to be let's be very specific about it. Each character class is assigned a specific body type. Right. So you can't have a fat elf. Yeah. If you are playing a necromancer, you're going to be a beanpole. You're very rail thin. Um, If you're playing a druid, you are a large person. Yeah. Period. You you cannot choose to be the large necromancer. And the argument that Blizzard, the creators of this game, put forth was they are leaning into identifiable archetypes for these these sort of these mythic archetypes. They're saying, oh, everyone identifies a a necromancer as this sort of gaunt skeletal person. And therefore that's what it must look like in our game. We don't want people having the option to create a character. That's a fat necromancer. Let me just say as a, (laughs) as a fat person, as a fat necromancer, (laughs) (laughs) I think a fat necromancer makes perfect sense because I can sit like me as like a fat evil warlock, raising skeletons to like do all <laughs> do stuff for me <laughs> and being like okay hold on skeleton rise up and fetch my postmates order from the door that's, that's pretty much our marriage dynamic right there <laughs> i'm actually here's the thing though i'm just willing to yeah, go out so there's two sides <clears throat> i'm willing to go out on a limb though and say that the the spokesperson for blizzard did not talk to their design team because i think there's a legitimate reason why they made this choice mm-hmm. which you can see in their overwatch game in their Overwatch game, they specifically designed each character with a physical profile that you would be able to recognize in, uh, in profile through walls. You're just going to get the silhouette of their body as they're doing things, right? Right. That lets you instantly recognize who your te- teammate is and what they're doing. In Diablo, it's the same deal. You're not going to be playing with 
specific people's characters, you may not know who the character is, mm. but by at a glance, you will know that is a druid. They can do this for me. That is a necromancer. They do this. Yeah. Um, I think that is a legit reason for that, for a, for a functionality in a game. Yeah. But as an experience for a player, not so that's much. not so much. Yeah. And that they tried to make it sound like it was an intentional choice mm-hmm. for player experience, which I think was bullshit. Well, and the thing is, like at the end of the day, and, and Todd writes this in his article, he doesn't want to overlook the fact that they did include fat characters. Yeah. Like the druids are fat, or at least fat presenting, they're and big. I will say excellently rendered too. Mm-hmm. I was very impressed by the character I was able to make. Mm-hmm. Um, and the flexibility in racial presentation. That is true. Really impressive. That is I was true. able to make an Asian uh, a character, a black character, a Native American character, all of which looked correct. Mm-hmm. So going <laughs> in the complete opposite direction, yeah. one of the char- one of the games that Todd brings up as an example of how to do it, you know, right, or at least in a way that's more engaging for a fat person to express themselves in a game, is Street Fighter VI, yes. where you can create any type of person you want, any body size, anything. And they can go into the world of Street Fighter, which is a fighting game where you're doing yeah. moves and stuff, and they will behave in whatever archetype of move set that you yeah. want. So he chose a character archetype move set that is done initially by yeah. a woman. Yes. By like a yeah. live it's woman. It's a very high agility, high yeah. movement, mm-hmm. uh, speed, accuracy type character. And they can impart those moves onto whatever character you create. The point of the game is that you know it, it's already ridiculous it's not meant to be yeah. realistic mm. and so at that point it really is just expression yeah and so the fact that they made that possible is a really really cool way to represent yourself in the game yeah and see a person who looks like you doing things that you have never seen them doing before particularly in games and that's, yeah i gotta call it street fighter 6 is the first one that really did include fat bodies in that genre yeah Fighter games have been doing this self-created character thing for a long time. Mm -hmm. But while you could make a a male character thick, like (laughs) bulky. Beefy. um, And you could make a female character super busty. You couldn't (laughs) really make either of them fat. Like the butt size never changed on any of them. Yeah. Oh, how revolutionary. You could make a female character more busty. I think it's... (laughs) Jews, I'm old enough to remember playing the first game that had breast physics in terms. Oh, my God. Which was... Dead no, or it wasn't alive. Street, yeah, it was yeah. Yeah, Dead, Dead or alive. alive one. And it made me so seasick. And the yeah. volleyball. Oh, the how, breasts made me seasick when I played that. Game. Yeah. How, how cutting edge. Yeah. Any <laughs> cutting room floor. Um, anyway, so I, I thought it was cool not only to have this article in the discussion, but also Todd has a few other articles very similar to this. He tackles the subject um, in other areas and, uh, you know, games. And I, I just appreciated that. And I think he's doing good work. And, and thank you, Todd. I yeah. like, like seeing um, this conversation happening elsewhere. And speaking of style. Hold on. Yeah. No, no, hold on. Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry, Dan. <laughs> uh, I wanted to kind of briefly mention this and kind of make a, a call for listeners. Because oh. um, oh. I had sent this to everyone. Um, and I was going to discuss it, but I thought this was a better fat video game topic, uh, the Todd Harper article. But there's a new game out called Dave the Diver. Oh, yeah. And it is a... There, there's a whole lot going on in the game. But yeah. I'm going to read the description of the game that the developers released. Um, Dave the Diver is a casual, single-player adventure RPG featuring deep-sea exploration and fishing during the day and sushi restaurant management at night. Join Dave and his quirky friends as they seek to uncover the secrets of the mysterious blue hole. I'm sorry, the what? The mysterious blue hole. Yes. Blue hole. Um, okay. And this game, it's like very kind of cute Am I style. the only one who gets the joke there? Yes. 
Um, a very cute style, pixel art. There's a whole, like, it looks like there's like a cooking mini game. It's well, and fishing. Dave's fat. Yes. That's the, like, yeah, the so tie that, in That's here. the lead. <laughs> Dave, the main character, is fat, which is cool, but then there's a lot of questionable aspects to it. For instance, the trailer, which I haven't played the game, but I watched the trailer for the game, yeah. is full of these kind of like, t you know, tongue in cheek, you know, innuendos like, oh, he's got a giant appetite for adventure. Mm. And, but and it's a lot of that, but it is also food puns and it's about this restaurant that yeah. he is the, the like the fisherman diver guy for and then i think also does some cooking so i'm like mm. is there such thing as mini sliming or like partial slime like it's because it feels slightly sliming but not but totally it's, i don't this I, i'm i don't think trevor feels slimed i i kind of do but at the same time it's like the the thing the the nanny litmus test that we've talked about where it's like oh, yeah, yeah. i feel like they could make the, the same language puns with a thin character but it would be very clear that it's about the restaurant like i think it's because it's ambiguous and if it was a thin character it would be like oh this is all about the sushi restaurant aspect of it so your thing Maybe. is it's not a fat joke because um, if you change it to a thin character it's still funny i and, think it's i don't think they would have written those jokes if it were a thin character and i've heard conflicting things online from people um about like how is the game fat phobic in the mm -hmm. language? And I've heard that it's not really fat phobic, but it is very much a thing of people when they meet Dave are surprised that he is the in diver the that they've heard about. And in like, the oh, game, I, when yeah. characters meet you, oh. and it's like, oh, I thought you'd be too fat for that. But no, they don't say it that. But it's like, oh, I thought you'd the you know, be. I was expecting something, something else. Yeah. 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 But I mean, on the other hand, that's kind of real life experience of a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Like also from, from I didn't expect. Is to be, it necessary? Like that's it's also my uh, thing is like, is it necessary? It's a Korean developer. Ah. Oh, hmm. okay. So, and I guess maybe there was a, a demo out cause it's like through steam. So there was early access. And I think maybe some of this, the early stuff in early development was maybe more fat phobic cause there was feedback about that. Interesting. And the uh, developers were like, oh, like, I get, we feel like maybe the humor didn't translate. <laughs> and it's like, oh, was it humor or were you just being fat phobic and like, it's yeah, more. Yeah, the fat phobia didn't translate. Yeah, that's, um, they're spinning that, I think. Yeah. But I'm curious from listeners, have you played this game? Let us know. I want to play it eventually, but I'm waiting till it's on Switch. Yeah, I think that's. Um, I'll wait to hear what you say, yeah. but I don't think I want to buy it. All right. Well, <laughs> Dan, what, that great segue that you had five yeah. minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it applies anymore. No, I don't think it does either. <laughs> We're talking about, so we've talked a lot about fat fashion. Mm -hmm. um, and we've talked a lot about fat, like models and, and advertising and representation and advertising. But I don't think we've ever talked about hair. I am actually surprised it's taken us this long to yeah. land on hair. Like hairstyles. It's something I was always frustrated when... But, for those of you who do not know what we look like, this is done. I do not currently have hair. <laughs> it has been removed. Um, but when, back when I was dealing with hairstyles, I was always struggling to try and figure out how to best present my mm -hmm. face. Um, and there's no guidance for fat people. I remember being a fat kid um, and like, you know, just, I don't know, teen and like going to the salon and like looking through the like haircut book mm -hmm. and like not really being able to be like, how is this going to look on me? Because all of the hair models 
were so thin and like chiseled yeah. cheekbones and jawlines. I'm like, okay. And the, this, the hair they were given was always designed to accentuate the features they had. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is either going to look great on me or it's going to be a, a disaster. Well, we might want to segue into the fact like, that this was inspired by, by yes, yeah. an, article an article in Refinery29. Mm-hmm. And the title of the article is Hairstyles Are Size Inclusive, So Where Are All the Plus Size Faces? Right. And this is an article written by Marie Southard Ospina. Mm-hmm. And basically talking about how for a long this time, she says that there's, there was really no fat fashion. And so the only mm-hmm. opportunity you had for fashion was in your hairstyle, in your makeup. one size fits all. In your hair, in your makeup, mm-hmm. and yeah. maybe jewelry. And so the question she raises is, so where are, where is the fat representation in hair, makeup, and jewelry? And Why is it always still this waifishly thin makeup mm-hmm. model? Yeah, the models and like the advertising of whatever product it is, they don't need to they don't need to look any kind of way because your hair is your hair. Everyone's got the hair that they've got, whether yeah, you, it's you, no hair or yeah. some hair. You can't be too fat for hair. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's one size fits all. And yeah. so where's the and fat that, representation? That lack of guidance can honestly lead you to make some very bad hair mistakes over the course of your life. Well, exactly. And it and it's sort of it parallels for me the idea that like, well, we make jeans in thirty two thirty two. And so, you know, they just scale up to 5252, you know, mm-hmm. what, and it's the same thing with hairstyles where like, well, this is how we cut, this is the, the sort of waifish pixie cut. And so everybody should love that. I remember being a kid looking at old photographs and remembering a lot of the older women just had the same hairstyles, uh, bigger women had the same styles as thinner women, but they were bigger. Oh, Did the anyone styles, else see the that? Hairstyles yeah, so like I remember like uh, this woman who had a beehive, and like all the beehives were they looked like beehives, and hers looked like the biggest beehive. beehive. It was the biggest <laughs> beehive I've ever seen. It was huge. Just sort of to, <laughs> as, as, if, large. as if trying to balance. Yeah, the, the, like the I, but mass. I think that was the advice I remember getting was, well, you're large, you want to balance your body with your hair. For men, you know? for men, how I see it in the chub chaser world is, I think there are so many chubs who forget about hair. Either because they're like, well, I'm fat. What am I going to do anyway? Mm-hmm. Or it's there's there is a definite investment in this shag look, which maybe I'm the odd man out. Maybe it's like that's that shag is totally fashionable, and I'm the one who's mistaken. But there there seems to be very little attention put on beard and hair, just that there's a lot of it. Yeah, yeah. I I well, here's the thing: is like we'll we'll get into this later about doctors, but I wonder if it's a similar thing with like barbers and and hair care. Is mm-hmm. like how often do you want to put yourself through? an experience of somebody having to take care of your hair, trim your beard, trim your hair, whatever, experimenting with new hairstyles if mm-hmm. you're worried that that person is going to slime you. If you have to go out and get a service, like much like showing up to a doctor's office, if you know that you're going to get slimed walking in, you're less likely to walk in. Or if you don't know if you're going to be able to get in the chair yeah. comfortably yeah. or whatever. I feel bad when this tiny little woman has to press the... Uh, the lever to lift me up. Mm-hmm. I'm always like, oh, like, can, can I do that for you? <laughs> Is your you foot know? gonna work? <laughs> this is like little, little straining calf well, but, muscles. <laughs> I mean, what I keep looking at though is like, if you look at these, you know, the before and after picture when they lose weight, it's like all, oh, they introduced you to a fucking stylist. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. It's all always you, a different hairstyle. You, you could have yeah. done that when you were thin. You could have gone to a barber when you were when you were fat, and well, you would have looked amazing. I will also say this: there is a way to do stylistic shaggy look yeah like sure. it's not just a matter of never getting a haircut but that's what i'm talking beard. about yeah. but yeah, it takes no, a I lot know. of work to make it look like you did no work 
You know? No, yeah, yeah absolutely. It, that's what I mean. Yeah. It's like it, it requires the attention to detail and knowledge. Well, it just requires like, and if we don't have access to what it might look like, if you don't see it around you, mm -hmm. you're not going to have that knowledge. I'm curious if you had a similar experience to this, Trevor, but I, I know your hair is much more fashionable than mine ever was. <laughs> um, but I, I always had the sense that when I got into a barber's chair, that they didn't pay that much attention to me. They just sort of look at what, like, what was the baseline when you walked in? I'll just, I'll approximate whatever that was and not think about me. Right. How much of that is though a barber's toxic masculinity? When I got to college, yeah. there was a point where I was really just not happy with my looks, the way life was going. I was very depressed. I went into just, I, I was like, I have to do something to change, mm. just to change mm -hmm. any change. I went into a random barbershop I'd never been to, and there was a large woman there. Um, I remember she was the first larger woman I'd ever had work, get work on my hair. And at that point, I was just so out of it. I was just like, you know what? Just do something different. Just do something different. Do something. Uh, right? the, the phrase that strikes terror into all stylists. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's a rude thing to do to a stylist, I think. I think it's cruel yeah. because there's no way they can win. <laughs> She won. All right. right? Mm -hmm. She was the first person I think who actually stopped, looked at my face and thought about what she was going to do before she went in. Lovely. Mm -hmm. Right. And I walked out of that place for the first time in my life thinking I looked handsome. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. The yeah. first time she explained to me what she did. And unfortunately there were too many terms in there that as someone who'd never thought about hair, mm -hmm. I didn't understand. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't reproduce it. Oh. But I think it was kind of like a box cut. She gave me kind of a square thing mm -hmm. on top of my head. Not square like the 90s hidden yeah. play, but like yeah. <laughs> uh, there was a different shape she gave to my head that looked good. And that's what I want for all of us. And I want us to be able to pick that from fucking magazines like all the rest of the people in this mm -hmm. world do. Yeah. Well, because there's the other stylist yeah. nightmare where, you know, the. <laughs> The, the really fat guy comes in with a picture of Farrah Fawcett and says, make me, give, make me look like that. Like, <laughs> you don't have the hair for that. Like, that, that, hair having, is, yeah. that hair does not go on your body. Like, you don't have that. Yeah, having and, types of hair yeah. is a whole thing. Yeah. But that's the thing is like, you kind of have to explore it to understand what your hair will and won't do. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think also, like for me, part of the, the trouble of navigating hairstyle stuff is so much of the language is kind of rooted in fat phobia like when i get a really clean nice haircut people are like oh you look thinner it's like no my the sides of my head are just clean like i have a mm -hmm. clean because mm -hmm. people if they it, people equate thin and pretty. yeah well to be fair he has shaved on the side so technically his the width the perceived width of his yes, head is thin. but i do not look chiseled no no that, i think it's that just is what people, Shana would say i look chiseled oh chiseled <laughs> people right. equate good looking and thin yeah. so they're saying you look good looking but the word is thin you're right anyway, you're right i know i would love to it hear just from, sounds so much more weird if you walk up to someone and say you're looking so narrow today mm -hmm. for you <laughs> i would love to hear from any listeners who are maybe fat stylists or like chaser stylists or um i want i want to hear your thoughts and yeah I do hear that your thing. thoughts about this <laughs> <laughs> I almost, I almost said thoughts and prayers. <laughs> that logical attack out of nowhere. Yeah. We, we're taken off. Damn the transition. <laughs> Full speed ahead. Welcome the, to Fat Watch. Our feet are dangling. We're on our way to Fat Watch. For, baby. for the people at home. Yeah. We are 29 minutes into our recording time. <laughs> we are way past <laughs> where we're supposed to be. And don't worry, you're not 29 minutes into your listening time. No, no, that's <laughs> because that's my job. <laughs> to get rid of that shit. I cut that shit out. All right. Um, what do we got for Fat Watch today? We have, oh, this is great. I yeah. love this. I, I love this. this. I love this so much. So this came out of, um, I guess, NPR. Right? Yeah, NPR. Mm -hmm. So there was an uh, affiliate that did a story on, 
the thing is that this shouldn't be revolutionary because yeah. it's so fucking basic and obvious. But what if you just treated fat people's maladies at the doctor's office as if they had maladies and that every problem wasn't because they were fat? Yeah. And so this has goes under various guises, but one of the more prominent names is uh, weight neutral care. And it basically is, if, if I were a thin person, how would you be treating this problem? Mm-hmm. As opposed to always prescribing diets or weight loss surgery. Trevor, yeah. can I ask you a question? We can mm-hmm. cut it if it's too personal. Have you? What's the most absurd uh, th- th- reason the doctor has suggested weight loss to you for a malady you've gone in? Oh, I have the perfect thing. <laughs> uh, this isn't even a doctor. It is, I was at the ophthalmologist, or uh, just like the eye doctor getting new glasses. The optometrist. And he's like, the optometrist. Yes, the optometrist said, you know, I want to send you to a nutritionist because if you lost weight, you wouldn't need glasses. What? Yep. Yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one. And I was right? like, I'm pretty sure that's not how that works. <laughs> mine, mine was strep throat. I was told I was oh, getting strep throat very often because I was fat. fat. Yeah. yeah. Well, because that's the thing. They, they always have a reason it's connected, right? Hold on. It's just like you're eating so much that your throat is sore <laughs> yeah. from just the, the volume of food you're consuming. Yeah. The abrasion. The abrasion and therefore cannot defend itself against the streptococcus. No. Anyway, the, the article is uh, about there are some Seattle area doctors yeah. who have actually taken up the revolutionary standpoint that disease is not caused by fatness. And they're and, they're basically treating people for what they come in for. Yeah. Wow. And that has generated a news article. How could that possibly work, though? <laughs> and, <laughs> well, I, I, even even more than that, uh, one of the people I talked to is Dr. Lisa Erlinger, 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 yeah. Erlinger. Uh, who is a prof- professor at UW Madison, where she's training future providers to have body neutral care. So. You know, it's it's that extra step of I'm not just doing this myself in my own practice, but she's actually helping people to understand why this is important who are being trained to have their own practices and yep. go out and mm-hmm. take care of people. I mean, that is, if you if you think about like, well, you know, clearly fat people are sicker because they're sicker. And it's like, yeah, but have you looked at the health care that fat people are exposed to? How they don't, how they get misdiagnosed. <sighs> That's one of the issues yeah. in this article is that often people are just diagnosed fat And then the problem continues down the road Mm -hmm. and it becomes an emergency Mm -hmm. because they've been misdiagnosed. And then all of a sudden they have no alternatives or the care becomes more expensive. And we go, you see, it was because they're fat. Mm -hmm. Or, or there's one example they give, which is, it could even be like, let's, okay. Her, she had an issue with her thumb. I think it got like dislocated or there was some issue where with her hand. And he was like, look, your posture is such that when you are in this position, it's probably because of your weight and there's extra pressure. And now your thumb is like, you know, having this issue. It's like separated from the socket. And she's like, well, that may be, but what you're suggesting, this weight loss that you're suggesting doesn't solve my problem. Yeah. My thumb is still out of the socket. Like, can we, can we actually can we address, address why I'm yeah, here? Yeah. Like, and so it's not even it is more than just their misdiagnosing. It's mm-hmm. just that you're ignoring my health issue. You're in order ignoring to, In order to go out of your way to blame me for something that yeah. you yeah. feel is my fault. It's, yeah. it's just, at and the best, ex- it's lazy. Well, and the most extreme version of that is where you cannot receive surgery unless you prove your worthiness by losing weight. By, mm-hmm. Yeah, by losing weight. And, and proving that you'll be able to keep the weight off. As Which it, is, yeah. It's interesting right now. I'm, I'm literally going through that with my father right now where they're, Oh my god! Uh, oh, I, I can name. I'm not even. Gonna, I'm not going to go into it. I can name so many people in that position. They're basically saying like, "Well, we could give you this surgery, but you're fat, so it might not go well for you. But if you don't have the surgery, 
you will be in pain the rest of your life. And Sorry. yet, and yet, you know? if 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 your father had gone in for weight loss surgery, they would have moved heaven oh, yeah. and earth to make that possible. <laughs> God, yeah. It's, but I don't know. I at least am comforted by the fact that like things. Yeah, are there's changing. a growing there's, awareness. There's wi- a, a breeze coming in the air. Yeah, I. This feels like. And so anyway, like Seattle, like this is very important positive change. And I yeah. feel like it's, it, you know, it's an NPR. Like this is a national publication. It's mm-hmm. going to continue to grow. And, you know, I've said this before, but it bears repeating. If you are in this situation where your doctor is not treating the problem, mm-hmm. but your body, but your, 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 your size, the, the counter is that's fine. But how would you treat this problem in a thin person? Exactly. If I were thin, how would you be treating this problem? Uh, I want to take that a step farther and bring up a suggestion that you brought up in the past, mm-hmm. which is, that's fine. Tell me how you'd suge- you would treat this problem if, if, if I wasn't fat. Mm-hmm. Now write that down in my chart. Yeah. yeah. And, tell me, and write down that you are not suggesting that to me mm-hmm. because you believe my weight is a bigger issue than this. Yeah. yeah. Put it mm-hmm. in write it. permanent. <laughs> yeah. Basically, you're trying, you want it in your chart that they have re- refused treatment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, and that usually is enough to cow them into giving you the treatment. Yeah. Yep. In, in pen, not yeah, pencil. in pen, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> on camera. Yeah. Um, anyway, so it's great to see this being reported um, and seeing people actually take the action that we've been hoping they would. Because sometimes when I get treated badly at the doctor's office, it can turn me into a <laughs> into monster. a monster. Well, and yeah. <laughs> speaking of becoming a monster, speaking of becoming exactly <laughs> transition. So transition. Finally. Trevor, for the first time in our podcast history, Trevor was the one who remembered t- for us to talk about Halloween. No, I was done. Oh, it was done? Yeah. <gasps> I'm so sorry. I misattributed. Trevor, no. you suck. Yeah. Trevor missed it again. <laughs> Don finally remembered with enough advance notice for us to talk about uh, Halloween custom ideas and where to source them yeah. before Halloween. <laughs> so who here loves Halloween? Me. Trevor. Who here has had issues putting together a good Halloween costume? I've been dressed up for Halloween and forever. And actually, we are probably not going to get to this year because we're traveling the date. Like oh, November 1st. Oh. Oh, but okay, hold on. I, so I, I, this is my costume idea. Okay. I absolutely it. love it. And he it loves is, it. There's, it is, there's a lot of logistics. It's, this is what I think I want is, right? to, yes. Okay. I want to be the Flash, uh-huh. but I want to rent a scooter because I would, I think that's the only way I could really like do the boulevard. And to me, I want to be, I want to be Fat Flash in a scooter oh, and just that talk with people. Because awesome. he has that poster on his wall, like the, the yeah. day the yeah. flash weighed a thousand pounds. And I it's, it's literally that. the caption's like, I'm getting so fat. <laughs> <laughs> and so and he that, wants to be uh, in the, the era, red suit in a, in, yeah. a, in a scooter. The era That's of genius. comics where uh, every superhero got fat <laughs> for an issue. Because <laughs> it's the, the most horrible thing a hero can be. Right. I think Written in, by a, a chaser who just wanted to draw fat <laughs> heroes. <laughs> I feel like incorporate if if you're someone who does use a scooter. I feel like incorporating the scooter into the costume would be a great way to go. Absolutely. Yeah. So like uh, one of the things that I talked about when we went to uh, Bigger Vegas last year was I wanted to do jousting, mm-hmm. and ever since then, yeah. I, like I want to get a suit of armor and a little mini uh, lance and. <laughs> To have that be my costume. Oh my god! And put the, the horse head in the scooter. Basket. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Little horse tail on it. I want to do. Oh, in the so skirt, bad, the horse skirt. So yes. around the wheels. So, yeah. Oh, I didn't even think of that. That's genius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if we're, I, it looks like we're rolling right into costume ideas. Yeah. I would say one of my like easiest fat guy costumes. I especially like it's relevant this year because of the Mario movie. Get some overalls. Oh yeah. Be Mario. Be Luigi. Mm. Um, if you can get some colorful overalls, you could be Wario. Yeah. 
Bowser. Yeah, Bowser. <laughs> Might be a little tougher. I'm a big fan of the of the home created costume, not necessarily the you know crafted and knitted and sewn mm-hmm. together costume, but putting together something interesting and creative from around your house, mm-hmm. right? So like, I went out with a group group costume. This was a long time ago during the Bush administration. Uh, we went to the West Hollywood Halloween Parade as the Axes of Evil, right? Oh, um, So okay. the Axis of Evil back then was like North Korea and all this stuff. But we just went with axes and just had axes of evil sh- uh, sashes around our midsections. Uh-huh. And it was fun. Another one we did as a group costume was uh, paparazzi. So we all just went in trench coats, brought cameras, and whenever we saw an interesting costume, we would mob them with flashes on, taking <laughs> pictures. Yeah, you don't have to be a character. Like, no. if you don't no. I thought one be. of the, we did, a, we did a couple's costume as Angel and Devil, where yes. I, like, I had my harness yeah. and the devil horns. And, and Trevor, you had the best way to do the angel. Yes. Because now it, it was based on this, we have this, this thing that we got from, I don't know, Crate and Barrel or whatever. No, it was, um, it was from Ikea. It was this stretchy blanket that was but like gauzy, very gauzy. gauzy. Mm-hmm. And I figured out how to like wrap it and kind of tuck it and fold it. Kind of like a toga. Yeah. yeah. So it was like a toga, but I didn't need to like pin it or sew it or anything. Because it was stretchy. So it would kind of stick to itself or yeah, yeah. Nice. stretch mm-hmm. to itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, you don't have to get that magical fabric, but if you got something that was a little gauzy, and you were willing to do some pinning, that would be, you, you're halfway to an angel costume or some sort of, you know, some sort of, I don't know, bewinged spirit. Mm-hmm. So um, my partner, Michael, for our first Halloween, um, I had my like home homemade sort of Jedi costume and he dressed up as Sultan from Aladdin. Oh my gosh. Which, and it was a great costume. It took some work. How it did t- he do the pants? That, that was the trick. And yeah. we actually found, so we went, we found a website that uh, the company makes um, like pants? Indian uh, wedding oh. garments. And they just happened to go up to a very large size. Wow. Um, and so he was able to find like, the like that style of like poofy. I'm sure there's a proper term for it, but that kind of pant that actually fit him. I think it's called a harem pant. Maybe yeah. I, I don't or, know. Or in the 80s, it was called parachute pants. Yeah. <laughs> but they like they actually fit properly. Like he was yeah. able to wear them. Um, converting the sizes was a guessing game. Yeah. So you kind of have to do it in advance, and you know maybe have a backup Back option. Forth, yeah. Um, and we are also able to find a shirt through them that also fits similarly and and worked out. And then some of the, so one of the things I was going to suggest was what made that costume work was finding whatever it is about the character that's iconic. You know, people will excuse a lot of other elements of your costume that aren't quite right as long as you have the one really iconic part, which mm-hmm. for this yeah. costume, it was the hat. Yeah. It's the big poofy yes. white hat with the blue gem, mm-hmm. like the gemmed blue feather. And the silhouette of those parachute pants. And the, exactly. Yeah. So as long as you have white, you know, with and in this case it was like a blue like kind of cummerbund style belt mm-hmm, thing, mm-hmm. sash thing. Um, you can approximate the rest of the costume pretty closely. Well, and speaking of that, I remember, um, do you ever remember Chubby Mikey? You probably do, Michael. So Chubby Mikey was the guy I did the uh, True Life episode with and we were subsequently on Tyra. The point is he did a costume and he's really big boy. Like he's 5'5 five, five and about, you know, 400, 500 pounds. And he went as Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. But it was like you said, if you think about Indiana Jones, there is a shirt, which he wore yeah. open, so it didn't have to close. Mm-hmm. It's khakis, mm-hmm. which, okay, you can probably mm-hmm. find khakis in your size. If, you're, if you can find any pants, you can find khakis. And then what is it really about? It's about a leather shoulder bag, a hat, and a whip. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, and, you started- and those aren't size specific. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
when he started that, I thought you were going to say he was the boulder. No, <laughs> no, no, no. no. Um, so when we were thinking about this episode, I thought of a cosplayer who I follow, um, who's uh, Simbacon, I think is his like, cosplay name. That's what he is on Instagram. And he's a, a big guy with a beard, and he does a lot of cool things with um, his cosplay where he kind of like incorporates his beard by dyeing it or like spraying colors into mm-hmm. it. Hmm. So he has um, a costume that he does for conventions that's uh, Sully from Monsters, Inc., but like it's Jedi oh. Sully. Jedi Sully. Okay. So he's showing a picture. He has the horns that Sully has, you know, the, the Sully's kind big, of like a like a sky blue Jedi with the beard painted blue. Yeah, and the um Sully colors. So he I think probably uses spray on color to make his hair blue and then it's the purple spots. He has the horns. The horns do it. The horns is what um, gets it there for He me. has a little uh green BB8 that's supposed to be Mike Mike Wazowski. <laughs> <laughs> he also has um uh, Klausner from Zootopia, and he does the the kind of cheetah spots, oh, the cheetah spots, and his beard, nice, and the white stuff. He does I, a, a good Bowser. I love people that can incorporate uh, aspects of their general physical appearance into their costume in a way that owns the costume. Yeah, there is a famous dude. Every year he gets famous for a new costume he makes. He has had one of his legs amputated, mm. um, and he's oh, I know of, he, yeah. he's a famous runner. And every year he has a costume that incorporates his one leggedness into it. So, like one year he was the lamp from mm. Christmas Story. Uh, um, <laughs> he's done a couple flamingos. I, th- I can't remember what it was, but they're always amazing and mm. great ideas. And but I've it's always, a, it, but it's a, it's an image where it would only have one leg, yeah. whether it's a lamp or a flamingo, whatever it is. Yeah. It's a one legged character that's. Yes. Now he can own. Yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. As a po- yeah, because I think you have two directions to go. You either do either do that, mm-hmm. or you do the fat version of blah blah blah. Right. Yeah. That, well, that's what I was gonna say actually. Not just talking about the costumes, but also talking about like, let's say you put your costume together. Maybe you're a little self conscious and you haven't worn it before, and you go into a party or whatever, and you wear your costume. And let's say it's a character, like it's mm-hmm. you know, you go as Luke Skywalker, um, and somebody says, "Oh, you're fat, Luke Skywalker." Mm. That always annoys what, me. Yeah, yeah. What is there anything to do in that moment? Do you does it? Do you care? Do you not care? Like, is there anything to kind of like swim I, that in a different? Direction? I feel like I feel like a, to find that. I feel like a black cosplayers have to deal with that yeah. so yeah. often. Oh. Like they're the ones we should get advice from. Yeah. Well, there's yeah. a you know? um, a lot of pl- black plus size cosplayers. Um, mm-hmm. The the curvy fashionista did a roundup on the website, and um, there's also been interviews with black plus size cosplayers just about like really like their advice kind of about this. There's one person in particular whose name is escaping my mind. Um, You know, just if you want to dress up as that character, dress up as the character, make the costume, like really just get into it and just do it for yourself. So you can see yourself as this character Mm -hmm. and, you know, try not to focus on people will think I'm fat Luke Skywalker or something. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, and, and going somewhere, you know, I guess it depends on where you're going. Like if you're going to a house party with friends and family, then you're probably not going to have to deal with that so much. But if it's a random, you know, friends of friends kind of party. Or an interaction on the boulevard if you're at a yeah. Halloween parade or Halloween festival. Yeah. 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 Wear comfy shoes. Damn. Yes. Yeah. Trevor learned that the hard way. Yeah. Also know, your, well, know I mean, your body and know the way your body acts. So like I sweat a lot if I'm hot. Right. So like I, I went to, I think the last time I wore makeup at a party was at yeah. yours. And I was a uh, Hedwig the Owl. 
And the white makeup I was wearing was just streaking down me by oh, the God, end of the yeah. night. Yeah, but you know, I remember um, I was with uh, uh, with my ex, and he had this fabulous, fabulous Wonder Woman costume. Oh, that he had actually borrowed from a friend who had had it tailor made. Oh wow! Mm. And he looked incredible, and it had the boots, <laughs> but they weren't for his feet. Oh, and so he's in these high heeled spangled boots that Ooh. Wonder Woman would wear, and as he put it, yeah, he got a wonder cramp. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he did not make it. It was re- like he regretted it the next day. Like his feet were in so much pain. I've wear to hi- I've I've had to wear high heels once, and I'm curious if it's harder for fat people, because I, I I found it nearly impossible. Like, I think I I mean I don't know, but I would suspect it's like some people really take to high heels and some mm-hmm. people really don't. Mm. Oh, I just wanted to ask one final question uh, on the topic: inappropriate. Halloween costumes. Oh. <laughs> Do you have a favorite inappropriate Halloween costume that either you've seen or that you've worn yourself? I'm asking because I have a favorite one of my own that I, uh, I feel like I should be ashamed to have worn, but I loved it. Uh, not that I've observed, like, locally. Like, I mean, I've seen costumes just out in the world, but not, I can't think of one I, I can think thing. of some we saw on the cruise ship. Ooh. I'm always a fan of, I don't know, just like pregnant nuns. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great one. Mm-hmm. I love those. Or the, the slutty nun costumes. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite one year, I had, I, it was the cheapest Halloween costume I've ever made. A friend of mine had a, ba- a garbage bag filled with leftover Mardi Gras beads. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, she's from New Orleans. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> and so I just decked myself with as physically as many Mardi Gras beads as I could put on myself. Huh. And then put Jergens lotion in my goatee. As though I had just earned these all by blowing oh. everyone on Bourbon Street. Oh, oh. I was, my that God. That was the most requests for photographs I've ever gotten in, oh, the, in the oh. West Hollywood I did parade. something similar. Oh, you went to West Hollywood. So, yep. wait, what year was this? Oh, this do you remember? a long time ago. No, but do you remember what year? Probably around 2005, 2006. Okay, so after, there. before me. So, in my first Halloween here, uh, I did something similar, but it was a, I, at the time I had like a top coat, like a big brown top coat. And so I wore my top coat, I wore a pair of white briefs, and I put a rainbow array of glow sticks in the briefs, like in the front, in the crotch, and oh. then I would flash people with it, but it was like a little oh rainbow. Oh my God, who oh, is that's this? so cute. Uh, this is Michael. This, this, this... And, and there are pictures that are not for public. <laughs> that is <laughs> I pretty need to see pictures. I need to see The these. problem is that in the pictures, because there was a flash, because it was on the Hollywood, it was on uh, the boulevard, yeah, yeah. Um, you didn't see the rainbow. The it, that to me was kind of the fun flourish of it, rather than just being like a fucking flasher, but, you know, with uh, Michael Willer, I feel <laughs> like I just... The funny part is you're such a movie fan. My immediate brain went to like, oh, so you're the briefcase from Pulp Fiction Uh was the first thing my brain went to. (laughs) I don't think I had seen it at that point, actually. But anyway, uh, my my parting thoughts for this are um, it is possible to source uh, garments and items that will probably fit you. But it requ- it's like R&D. Like time, you have to time. go yeah. find that stuff, test them, buy them early. It it's may not fit. Part of the burden of being a fat person doing this is that we will have to put more time and effort into it than a lot of other yeah. people. That's just reality. That's just the world we live in. Um, so think earlier. It could be argued that any good Halloween costume that is re- requires that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think <clears throat> that's also fair. Um, also, I don't know, Etsy. But like do it now. Like listener, do, do it, it now. Do it now. Yeah. It will always take longer to ship specialty items like that. Um. Yeah, I, I am excited. Let us know your uh, your fat Halloween costumes. Oh yeah, we'll we'll collect photos later. Yeah. <laughs>
Maybe, okay, how about this? Maybe, maybe, and I'm not promising mm. this, <laughs> if we get some listener submissions of their own Halloween costumes that they made, I'll send one of the photos of, of my uh, flasher Halloween mm. costume. There you go. From, maybe, I don't know. I'm that, that'll encourage some feedback. I'm ex- uh, now I'm getting excited I'm, about I, the- I, Maybe. I'm, 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 so Michael has promised asterisk. that he will definitely yeah. provo- giant provide Giant asterisk. <laughs> if all of you send in the good stuff. Asterisk. Okay. Yeah. Don, please. Do we have a way? No tip, just a bit. All right. Well, for the bit today, I thought we would dip back into the wonderful world of Halloween costumes, as seems appropriate. Mm-hmm. So, to start off with, in 1895, what was the first commercially produced Halloween costume available for consumers? Oh, let's, see if oh. I rem- let's see if I remember. 1895? 1895 was <laughs> the very first one. Was it one, a witch, two, a vampire, three, a werewolf, or four, a skeleton? Mm, witch? Mm, I think skeleton. We got one for witch. We got one for skeleton. I'm going to go with skeleton. Okay, two for skeleton, one for witch. Yeah. Gentlemen, always remember, go with the Trevor. No. Which oh was the correct one. Damn it. What's interesting, though, is like somebody recently remade this original costume oh. uh, as part of like an Etsy project. It's not at all what we think of as a witch costume today. Oh, okay. It's this very sort of pretty white and red princess dress. Oh, like an evangelical Christian? Uh, yeah, a little <laughs> bit. The only thing you'd recognize is the shape of the hat is the traditional conical hat you have today. That evangelical Christian wear. Yes, yes, yes. Hmm. So fascinating, white and red. Okay. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Uh, all right. During the 18th century, young women might do something on Halloween with an apple to help them find their perfect romantic match. I know this. Oh. Okay. I, I so you're answering last, then, Mister. I think right. I know. What exactly would they do with the apple? One, put its seeds into the drink of a man you want to love you. Two, throw its peel over your shoulder and see who see whose name it's spelled. Three, bake a cake with it and bury it beneath the man's house. Oh, dear. Or four, throw apples at single men until they surrendered and married their attackers. <laughs> that, 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 that sounds plausible. Dan, you go first. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was the first one? First one is put the seeds of the apple in the drink of a man you want to marry or want to love you. Yes. One? Yes. Okay. We, got, we got a also, seeds one. That's also my guess. We got two for seeds. Trevor. The peel. And the correct answer is, in fact, the peel. God damn it. You try Why? and peel the apple in as long a continuous peel as you can, throw it over your shoulder, yeah, and then try and find the initials mm-hmm. written in the peel. What? So, like, if it's like it looks like a C, it's like, oh, Charles. Yep, that's. I think we got to let Charles and Sam's out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Our final question: dealing with Halloween costumes for all the money. Why did some pet shelters suspend adoption for black cats on Halloween? Ooh. Oh, One, God. they often rented them out for local events. Oh. Two, they were usually all gone before then anyway. Three, too many people wanted them, so the other cats got ignored. Or four, fear of what Satanists might do with them. That's what I'm going Yeah, with. I think four. Yeah, four. Sacrificial cats. Yeah. That is correct. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently there was such a, an overwhelming fear that mm-hmm. Satanists were going to be using the, the black cats for satanic rituals or something that pet shelters would actually stop adopting them for a little while. Um, we do, however, live in a better world today. And apparently now the current trend is for more pet shelters to do black cat adoption events around Halloween because people are sort of more open to it and in the spirit of it. In general, if, you, if you're not in the know, black cats tend to be the least often adopted cats. And so they oh, I didn't to, know that. 
they tend to be the ones that are most often put down in shelters. So oh, shelters are often trying which to put is in programs. horrible because black cats have great personalities. They often do. I'm I'm just picturing like a, a Satanist going to one of these adoption events before Halloween, trying to play it cool. Like yes, <laughs> I want this cat for normal I want reasons. This <laughs> cat to have a cat around for more than just the yes. next week. Yes, my little girl has been looking for one, haven't you, Igor? <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So, dear listener, if you have uh, some other Halloween costume stories you'd like to share with us, where could they do that, Trevor? Well, we're on Instagram and Twitter as at BigFitGay. We're on Twitter and Instagram as at BigFatGayPod. Is that right? Does that yeah. sound right? We're on Facebook as the Big Fat Gay Podcast. Support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash BigFatGayPod. See the articles we talked about at www.BigFatGayPod.com, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you're at your sewing machine sewing your little your, your little cute fat Halloween costume. Your little so-and-so. <laughs> and you hear a, a little tap, tap, tap at your door. Uh-oh. You open it. There's a little black cat. And you turn around. Meow. He turns around and he has my face. Oh, God. And he says, meow, watch out. <laughs> oh, <laughs> watch out. I... Hello. I... <laughs> I never know when. Yeah. I never know when anymore. <laughs>